Well, unfortunately, we've we've uh, de- we've developed a minute over the years. Unfortunately, because we don't want to have minhagim of tishrov of minhagim of avelus. We like we like minhagim of that are filled with simcha. But in the meantime, this is where we're holding. So, <coughs> so we have some things that we over the years that we that we try to do. Even though, as I, I mentioned every year, the beds and I'm not in favor of of all kinds of talks during the keenness and I really I really believe that that there wasn't the how it was meant to be, and it's supposed to the avoid is to say the keenness and to try to to focus on a few that were to understand what we can understand, but but it's part of the part of the Yiddish Adiris is that is that we need a little bit to stop and to focus on some things together so during the course of the keenness I'll, I'll talk I'll, I'll speak maybe maybe two three times that's it and um, it's not any kind of a running commentary on on the keenness that's not my job to, to explain keenness through Hashem everybody here can prepare and can learn and can read we have nowadays translations and commentaries and that's what that we should do to prepare but to talk a little bit about keenness, to focus on some ideas that are important, and and um, we usually finish the erich. We finish this erich between twelve and, and twelve thirty, around that time. And at the end, the different keenness that we go, that we skip, and we erich around that time. I want to just say now, by, by way of hagdama, the chlal, the whole inyan of keenness, which really. Is a chiddush. As I mentioned last night, even though we see in Tanakh, we just read in the Haftarah that Daniel just read. But Lamaisa, <clears throat> the keenness beginning with this, beginning with this kina, the first kina, but especially in the kina, especially in this, in the second kina of Eicha asked about Percha. How did you rush in your fury to exterminate your faithful ones and so on? How did you reproach with your rebuke? How did you plan in your thoughts? How did you abandon your temples and your rage? How did you take pains in exerting yourself to cause your sheep to be torn asunder? How did you concentrate your and your anger to devastate? <clears throat> Those are very strong words for people like ourselves to speak to speak about Hashem's Baruch in such a way to to what seems to be to be pointing a finger to be accusing when of course Tzadik Hashem Kipiu Marisi Hashem said Tzadik and who are we and it would sound it seems as if as if we have tainas we have questions about Hashem's Baruch's way of fearing the veld of running the world the whole thing is a pell is a chiddush and <clears throat> we know stories about Tzadikim you know stories about Chani Amagel from the Gemara. We have Rebbeinu Ben Dois, and we have even in recent centuries from the Badish of Eschusi, one of other tzaddikim that they that they spoke in a certain way. But we were always careful to be simple. And yet, all of Klai Yisrael says these things, these kindness. The kindness, the chlal, especially the earlier part of the kindness, appeared to be some sort of a machah some sort of a protest against the Anhogis Hashem that Hashem Hashem runs the world the Yisait Hadav, the source of this is in the Pesach in Eiv in Eiv in Parakid Gimel Hein Yiktelaini 
Even though Hashem kills me, Hain Yiteleni Lo Ayachel. Even though Hashem kills me, I will, I will trust in Him. Ayachel really means I will long for Him. I will trust in Him. I will long for Him. Lo Ayachel. Adrochai El Ponav Aichiach. Listen to the words. Even though I trust in Hashem and I long, I long for Him. Nevertheless, Eiv says. But I will I will argue my ways before him. I will argue. I will make my case before Hashem is Baruch. This, as you know from Sefer Yiv, was Eve's response to the to the suffering that he was going through. Where his friends his friends believed he shouldn't say a word, and Hashem is Baruch himself disagreed and said, "No, Eve is right. He's right for speaking this way." The Yishkaridish Shusi Ageneleinu, the Rebbe, the Piazetsna. For those who have seen the Yishkaridish, know that the Piazetsna, especially the last few weeks of his life, was 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 raging and screaming and yelling and crying and begging. And he made it very clear. Again, I'm reading from the English translation. Now, if the Jewish person speaks this way as an expression of tefillah, of prayer, of davening, and supplication, as he pours out his heart before Hashem, that is good. But if, God forbid, he is posing questions, or even if he is not actively questioning, but in the depths of his heart, his faith, God forbid, is weakened, then God help us. The Rebbe is saying here is that, is that a person who is a mammon, Part of the Amunah means being involved, being involved in a healthy relationship with Hashem Baruch and asking and trying to understand and crying to Him for understanding and for help to understand. That's all when a person is speaking to Hashem Baruch, which the keenness are, calling out to Hashem Baruch. When a person, the Rebbe makes this chilit that when a person's no longer speaking to Hashem. This isn't part of his questions. It's part of his conversation with Hashem, but it's a conversation within oneself, in the depths of a person's heart, which are an expression of a weakening of Amuna. So then, God forbid, he's coming very, very close to a place of of chalil of kfir. This is Shir, is a Torah from Rabbi Yosheber Zechasadik Levracha. Rabbi Yosheber and his Shiurim spoke a great deal about the differences between a, a Velus Chadosha and a Velus Yishan. A Velus Chadosha Lo'aleinu of course means the Velus that we're more familiar with. When somebody Lo'aleinu leaves this world and the family is reeling in pain. So they are Dinim of Avelus, Nerman Hogum of Avelus. That's called a Velus Chadosha, a new Avelus. Unfortunately until Mashiach comes this is this happens. It's an Avelus Chadosha, an Avelus Yishan. Is when the Jewish people mourn over something that happened many, many, many years ago, a long time ago. So, Marshal, Rabbi Yeshevah explained that that from the essential mitzvahs of Tishabah, which we spoke about last night, is a chiddush, is saying kinnis, which you don't have by any other of the first days, to say kinnis publicly. What we have by Avelus Chadosh by your regular, I hate to use the word regular Avelus, because again, it's part of death is not something which belongs in the world, even though it's been around for a long time, it's Lobesev. But no, this is what we have. 
So in our Velus Chadosha, we don't have a concept of kinus. What we have is Hesped. And Rabbi Yosheba explains that Hesped, Hesped is different from kinus. By, by, uh, by kinus, the Tishbab, the Pesach says, which we just read, the key of Rabbi Yashabeh says the whole key of Tishbab is to awaken, to arouse tears over what's happened to us in the past and what's wrong with us now. So we even invite the Mekayanites. There were professional women who were Mekayanites who knew how to compose these kinis and would cry by the kinis in order that we should cry. Because the difference between kinis and a hesped, Rabbi Yeshavar explained, is that a hesped, he didn't say this, but a hesped we, we see very clearly is the Isis hefsed, right? Hesped, eulogy, which we make over some of the paces away, is the same Isis, is the same letters as the word hefsed, a loss. Because the Indian of a hesped is that lekovet hanifter, in order to honor the nifter, even though there's a discussion the Gemara, it's the ikka for the nifter, for the family, but in order to honor that person, the the person, we we remember by means of hesped eulogy. We remember the mildness of that person and and his goodness and so on. And in doing that, we become profoundly aware of the of what the hesped is, of what we've lost. That's what really that's what that's what takes place in Avelus Chadasha in a in a new type of novelis. Novelis over somebody who passes away, Lohlein. Mashainikin, when it comes to Kinnis, is the Ikka of Kinnis is Ha'ev Kibitzayna Hamishi, was the question. The whole keem of, of, of Tishavav is that his crying. Crying with tears, crying within oneself, but it means to cry. And, and that's what it means, Bachay Sivke, Ve'evke Yaiman Valayla, and I cry day and night. So, so Yeshua asked, why is there this chilek? So he said the difference is as follows. And this goes back to what I was saying last night. When it comes to Avelus Chadosha Ba'alma, when it comes to a person passing away, Rabbi Yeshua said that unfortunately, this is Miminhagai Vitivai Shalailam. This is the way it is in the world. This is the minig of the world. This is the Teva of the world. That until the end, that the that the Teva of the world is that people live and then people die. And therefore, <coughs> in order to remember the Hesped, we say a Hesped, L'Kavad HaMais. Mashaini came when it comes to an Avelis Yishan, when it comes to Avelis over the Churban, mourning over the Churban. So, Rabbi Yosheva said that the Churban by Semikdish is not Mimen Hagish Lalom. This is what we were talking about last night. That is a perversion that's taking place. Hashem's Baruch established a world in which death, unfortunately, is woven into the fabric of our lives and the creation. But that there should be a Chorban, that the Shechina HaKadosh should be driven in shame from Yishalayim and so on, and all the consequences of Chorban. That, Rabbi Yashiba said, as we learned last night, is Lord Seder. This is not part of the state of the world. The whole Indian, the whole Indian of, of the Chorban is of an Ahaprichu, of the state of the world. And Rabbi Yashiba said that when a person is confronted with something which is totally, totally baffling and shocking and, and beyond comprehension and we don't have the ability to even express in words so then the theme of that is when you can't be consulted you can't be comforted when it comes to somebody low dying 
part of the teva of the world is that a person dies, and the teva is that a person has, as Chazal tells us, that a person is misnach, but eventually he's consoled, even though it's hard, and the Barishalom, therefore, through the Chachamim and so on, arranged that we have, that there's Shiv and Shlesh and Meir and so on, but there are, there are mechanisms woven into Halacha to give a person the ability to mourn, but then the person is able to continue. When it comes to the Vinahapichu of all creation, which is the Chorban and, and all this taking place as a result of the Chorban, so there, there says, he says, by Rachel Mevakal, she can't be himself. All, all there is is crying and screaming and crying. So this is one chilek between Avelis Chadasha, or somebody who passes away, and Avelis Yishonet, and the Avelis that we have over the Chorban. But the second chiluk is the more important one for now that we're talking about by way of, by way of even having the nerve to enter into kinas. Because in order to go into kinas, in order to go into kinas, we need a matir. We need, we need, we need to be given permission to enter the kinas because otherwise, it's a chutzpah for people like us to talk this way. But Hashem, how dare we even open our mouths? The whole tishuba, I'm sure that many here would have voted for this. It would have been just one post. It would have, we would have been said, we would have just said, Kitzadik Hashem, Kitzadik Hashem, Kitzadik Hashem, We're sorry. And, and uh, can we go on with Tubav? You know, that's, uh, and it's, it's bad, and uh, it should get better. And that would have been enough for us. To go into the whole sugi of Kinnis, with all of the screaming and crying, and it sounds like Tainis and so on. So we need, we need to be given permission. So the permission, as we said, comes from that post of of uh, Eichel, where, where, uh, sorry, of Eiv, when Eiv says, upon of Eichich, that I will argue my ways before Hashem's Baruch, Rabbi Yosheber said this, listen carefully. Rabbi Yosheber said that when it comes to Avelis Chadosh, when it comes to, God forbid, a, a person losing a father, a mother, a child, a husband, a wife, when it comes to a loss in that world of Avelis Chadosh, so then, what applies at that moment, what applies at that time, is the din, is the halacha, that a person is not allowed to be mahayir, achimidai, sivis baruch, we're not allowed to question Hashem, we're not allowed to even enter into that place of questioning, and we have to makabal the whole thing in silence. And that's, that's called siddik din Siddiqa din is a halacha, that we matzdik is a din. Baruch Hashem, dine hamis, and again, they finished. And if we have any further thoughts or questions, that we can't, we can't, um, hand in any uh, any papers with these questions. We can't submit our questions because the Rosh Hashanah said, even to my Shabbat, like, be silent. This is my thought. Don't ask any questions. That's when it comes to Avelis Chadasha. The dinya of B'chol Ma'idacha means Chayv Levar Chayv Ad-Levar And we learned that you have to you have to say to Kosh Baruch Hu Dainamus. Okay. Hashem. We don't we don't understand who makabalit. We don't we're not happy with this, but we makabalit. And B'chol Ma'idacha means B'chol Mido Midi Shemaydelach. As the Gemara says, whatever Hashem dishes out to you, right? Whatever He hands out to you in life, you have to you have to matzik as a din. B'chol Mido Midi Shemaydelach. You have that's called Siddik. So Yosheber said that is only when it comes to Avelas Chadosh. That silent submission is when it comes to Avelas Chadosh, when somebody passes away. But by the Avelas of the Churban, when it comes, Yosheber said that when it comes to the calamity of the entire people, when it comes to Hashem's Baruch throwing us into Golis and taking away from us our very ability to, gr- to grow closer to him, to, to be close to him, to Mekayim his mitzvahs, when most of the mitzvahs of the Torah were taken away from us. So Yeshua says, 
that here, not only is there a heter to ask, but as we see from the Eish Kaidish, in all of his tires, Kimat, every one of his tires, the Eish Kaidish, and from many, many stories that we have from the Badishva and other Tzadikim, and from Tanayim and Amarayim. When it comes to the availance of the Chorban, we learn from Megillus Eicha, from, from that first word, Eicha. Eicha is a question. Eicha is a question. How could this be? You know, you're not supposed to say that. When you're in the house of when you're in the house of Shiva Hashem Yerachim, and someone starts to say, "How could it be? How could it be?" We have to halacha dictates that we have to talk to the person that he shouldn't speak such words. He's not allowed to say so. says, "How could it be? What do you mean? How could it be?" Some people don't die. How could it be? Somebody who died young, and some says that's And this, how could it be? Eichah, You don't ask any kashis, and they're running some shtoy. Be silent. An arvel who's sitting shiva, it's a it's a pillow that he's even allowed to say a word, right? So you say, What are you talking about? You said, Brother, you sit quietly, and be silent. But Rabbi Yeshua said, That's only when it comes to an individual suffering. When it comes to Klai Yisrael, so there, part of our Amuna, as the Ishkarder says, that part of our Amuna, part of our Amuna, is that we that we that we ask the question that we learn from that we learn from the Navi Yemiyah, And again, the question is a question that comes because because of our love for Hashem. And because we want to grow close to them, we don't understand how it's possible in the goals. And we look for answers. Tzadik Hashem Tzadik Hashem We look for, we try to understand. We try to understand. And this Mahalach of Yeshiva said is Neschadish in Megillah Sarecha. Megillah Sarecha teaches us that when God forbid there's a tragedy that happens to Knesset Yisrael, then there's not only a head to, but perhaps even a mitzvah to, be, to, to what to ask. And what is the purpose? Why? What's the tachlis of asking? Eicha. So Yosheb has said, and here one sees in every single every single tiger of the Pizatzne those last those last few weeks. Yosheb says the tachlis of asking then is to be ma'ayir rachamim al Yisrael. That's what Rabbi Yosheb says to be ma'ayir rachamim al Yisrael to awaken to arouse pity. And compassion, kivyochlis. It's a way of davening. It's a way of tefillah. We see that Moshe Rabbeinu in Chumash. We don't have to go. We don't have to go to to Eicha to Eir. Moshe Rabbeinu in Chumash said, "May Oz Bosi al Parai." May Oz Bosi al Parai. He said to Rabbi Shalom, "Ever since I came to Parai, you told me to go to Parai, and ever since I ever since I went to Parai, May Oz Bosi al Parai, it's gotten worse. Hasli Salta. Not only have you saved them, but it's gotten." It's gotten even more difficult. It's become even more difficult for Klai Yisrael. <clears throat> so the Medrash says on that, even though there are different, there are different perushim on, on what, what was Hashem Baruch's reaction to that. In Chumash we don't see. In Chumash it looks like it worked. In Chumash it looks like it worked because afterwards the, the, the wheels of redemption began to move very quickly. <coughs> so it says in the Medrash, Ba'isa listen carefully. Ba'isa Shah, Biksha Midasadin Lefgaiba when Moshe Rabbeinu said those words, when he when he cried out, Eicha, what's going on over here? It became even worse. So it says in the Medrash, and this is this is the source of the Mepharshim that that have strong words to say about Moshe Rabbeinu. That what Biksha Biksha Midas that the Midas Hadin was going to give Moshe Rabbeinu a patch. He was going to he was going to get hurt Khalilah. The Kevan Shiroak of the Baruch Hashem Bishvil Yisrael who are there. Listen, when the Baruch saw that every single word 
that came from Moshe Rabbeinu's mouth was what was only Bishvil Yisrael. This is the Yisrael. Was because of his undying infinite love for the Jewish people. And not that it was because he is kindness or that he's angry, but he can't bear to see the service of Kla Yisrael. So the Major says, Kevin Shirok and Zbokshu Bishil Yisrael who Aimer lay pogged by Midas Adin. So the Midas Adin left them alone. And then Viper, the Lafishan is stuck like Zbokshu Bishil Tsar Yisrael who Diba came. Since the Rabbi Shalom saw that the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking this way is Bishvil Tsar Yisrael, is because of the Tsar, because Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't bear the suffering of the Jewish people. Chazar v'nohag boy b'midas harachamim. Then the Rabbi Shalom turned around the Midas Adin. Not only did Moshe Rabbeinu not get hit with the Midas Adin, but the Rabbi Shalom then revealed. The version revealed in Vayera, the version revealed what? Vayema love Ani Hashem Yudkevavke, Ani Havayim, Ani Yudkevavke, and the version revealed the Midas Achesed and the Midas Harachmen. So Rabbi Yosheh says that we see that when the when the when when what's motivating the Jew to cry out Eicha is not just, it's not an issue of his personal difficulties. It's not, God forbid, some theological, philosophical uh, 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 investigation. But what it is, is the tsar, an outpouring of anguish over what's happened to our people. And what's happened to the Shekhinah HaGadosha. So then, it's not only that it's mutter, but there's a mitzvah because it's, a, it's a, an expression of our love and trust in Hashem. Faket, it's an expression of our love for, for, for Knesset Yisrael. And the Navi says, Al titnu domi loy, adikoinen, vadyosim es Yishalayim tihil art, al titni domi loy. It's an amazing thing. Don't let Hashem be silent. Was, we have to do something to keep on crying, keep on screaming. Lamansiyan loyachshem. For the sake of Yushalayim, for the sake of Tzin, I will not be silent. I won't be silent. And that we have the ability through Kinnis to awaken the Midas Herachim like Moshe Rabbeinu did. To, to reveal the Ani Yudkei Vavke. Let me end by just sharing with you one last thing from the Eish Kodesh. It was on March, this was, this was an address that he gave earlier, March 29th, 1941. An example. Listen to an example of a tzaddik screaming. There, the Rebbe was explaining. <coughs> it was all ma'aseh that happened right before that. A terrible ma'aseh in the ghetto, and and the Rebbe brought the the Rebbe brought the medrash, the Gemara, the medrash. It's the Gemara, the medrash. It says that the Malach Michal. The angel Michal brings the Nishmus Yisrael as Karbanis to Hashem every day. That there's a Mizbech, there's an altar. There's a Mizbech in Shemayim. In heaven there's a Mizbech, an altar. And what are the Karbanis that are brought upon the altar? So it says in the Medrash that, that the Malach Michal, he brings Nishmus Yisrael. He offers the souls of the Jewish people to Hashem on this Mizbech, on this heavenly Mizbech. So, so the Piazetna asked this question. Listen, again, I'm reading it to you in the English translation. 
Now, just why is it Michael who does the offering? So, Kaimkal, why is the Malach that has this job of bringing Karbonas, whatever that means, why is the Malach Michael? Why is he bringing these Karbonas? So, listen to these words. And remember who, whose mouth these were coming to, and to who the Rebbe was speaking. The truth is that in the heavenly court, Michal champions Israel's cause. We know that Michal is the Midas Harachim, Gavriel is the Midas Adin. But Michal is the Midas Harachim, Achesed. Michal, Mimini Michal, is on the right side. So Michal is always screaming for Klai Yisrael's sake. Michal is always crying over Klai Yisrael. So he says that in the heavenly court, Michal champions Yisrael's cause, as we find stated in the book of Daniel. This then is also part of Michal's advocacy. So listen to how the Rebbe learns Pshat in this Gemara. What does it mean that the Michal is makriv? He brings Karbanis of Nishmas Yisrael. Master of the universe. This is how the Rebbe explains it. Master of the universe, Rabbi Yisrael. Even if you can endure your own suffering, and you are patient regarding your own desecrated honor. How can you tolerate the sufferings of your children? How can you be so patient regarding the desecration of Yisrael's honor? Even if you survive what happened to your honor in the base of Mikdash and all the stuff that went on with the Shechina, but how can you tolerate the sufferings of your children? How can you be so patient regarding the desecration of Yisrael's honor? So we'll be talking about this night. Are you not concerned about the honor of your children? So this is what is meant by the Gemara, the Rebbe says. Michal offers. Michal is makriv. The Rebbe learns makriv means brings near. He presents to Hashem. He shows to Hashem. He brings all the suffering nishamas of the Jewish people from all generations and he brings it onto that carpet. That's what it means. He's makriv. He brings it near. He brings all of nishmas Yisrael to Hashem. The souls of Yisrael to Hashem. It is as if to say, take pity on them. Take pity, look, and take pity especially on those souls who expire through a multitude of sufferings and torments. So the Piyazesna says that, that Michal being makriv Nishmas Yisrael means that he brings all tormented Jews, all those who were tortured, who were beaten, who were killed, and he brings these Nishamas to Hashem Hazbrach, and he's makriv to the Mizbeach. He brings it up to the Mizbeach, and he shows the Rabbani Shalom, he says, Master of the world, look at these Nishamas. Look at Nishamas Yisrael. Don't you take pity on them. Forget about your covenant. What about the covenant of Yisrael of your children? This is, this is a sheer in Kings, coming from the mouth of a tzaddik Yisrael who, who spoke these words from Ahavis Yisrael. Therefore, what's, what's the matter? How are, 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 are people like us permitted to enter into the whole world of Kinnis? The terrorists says, we have, a press, we have precedents that come to us from Chazal and from the Tzaddikim, A and B. What we need to focus on is to lift ourselves up to, the, to this place of the Piazetna. Obviously, we're not holding by his toenails. I'm not even the same way, to lift ourselves up to a Madrega where what? Where our harvest is so, where our love for Klai Yisrael is exploding within our hearts, 
that the suffering of our people in the past and the suffering of our people in the present and the loss of Tyra and Shali Sufa Ba'esh and the murder of the Tanoim of the Harugim Malchus and the Gzairus, the Gzairus of Tachvatat and the Gzairus of the Crusades that our Havis Yisrael is the only motive for us to speak these words to Hashem because we love the Jewish people we're in love with Klai Yisrael and we can't bear the suffering of Klai Yisrael and we love the Shekhinah HaKadosh and we can no longer bear the suffering of the Shekhinah who's in exile with Klai Yisrael now we'll begin Kinas I will, I will end each Kinah and obviously each person should move at his own pace and not to be nervous or worried about where you're holding it's not uh, Krishna you could, you, could, you could skip you could miss a little bit and go right there take us to try to focus on the right thing so let's begin on page on page 158 Shavasu <laughs> What I speak about every year. Okay, let me just remind the Ilona, because I didn't say before that for everyone it's easier in English. So you should say that you should read in English. It's not the uh, that the words are very hard. So if it's easier for you, then, then you shouldn't hesitate to, to say in English also. If you if you prepared and you and you looked through this and you and you're familiar with what happened to Yeshua and how Yemiyahu mourned the death of that king who he loved so dearly and he had so much he had so many hopes he thought this was it this was Mashiach this was everything and the unbelievable disappointment of the Navi and how Yeshua was killed in a horrible way and why is it that that the that the murder of Yeshua became such an important part of, of Kinnis and how the life of Yeshua was the life of all Klaus so that at his Madrega that he, he went away from Hashem's Baruch and he came his grandfather was the Yichas was not even though it goes back to David Malach it was a good Yichas but there were problems along the way and how Yeshua turned his life around and came back and then and that he himself had difficulties and, and the way he was killed and shuv and so on the life of Yeshua was very much the life of Klai Yisrael here I want to share with you <coughs> the Medrash the Rashi brings the Pasuk the, the Pasuk that, that, we, that we read in Eicha that he spoke about a little bit on Shabbos if the Nunt is that the Chuban is described in a way where the sacred stones the precious stones are scattered on the street corners of Yushalayim and the Medrash says regarding these precious stones which I just mentioned on Shabbos I didn't say the Lashon of the Medrash it says that there were precious stones that were scattered over the streets of Yushalayim it's referring to children who shine like precious stones it's talking about Jewish children being murdered in the streets of Yerushalayim and on this, <coughs> and on this the Medrash says the Medrash Agada Rashi brings a Medrash Agada on the Pasuk a Medrash Agada listen to this Medrash Rashi brings every single Revius of blood every measure of blood every Revius Whatever the shear is, we're not going to go to, you know, the Chazanisha shear. Hopefully, when it comes to Revi is dumb. 
So every revius of blood says in the Medrash Rashi brings called Yisdom Shiyotzim Yeshiyol Bekalchets Ve'etz Shenot Subay because they pierced his body with, with, with 300 spears and pieces of wood as they stuck into Yeshiyol. So on each on each time that his body was was pierced and every drop of blood Rashi brings Bekalchets Ve'etz Shenot Subay Hayyimia Kaivrei Pimkaima. Yirmiyahu was running around. His body, the body of Yeshua, was splattered all over the place, this, all over the street. And the Navi, Yirmiyahu, went running after each piece. I think that we we've seen such images in our times. Even climbing on on trees, right? You see, even climbing on trees, the pull off of trees, that they had to pull off pieces of Jewish bodies. So Yirmiyahu Navi. Long before there was an organization of Tadikim called Zaka, Yemi was the first one. And Yemi Anavi went collecting the pieces. He went every piece that he got, it says, Yemi Anavi, it's hard for us to even, I mean, if you picture this, Yemi Anavi went and he took each piece of Yeshua that was splattered. He took that piece, and in that place, it says, He would bury, he made a separate kuru. He was dig- he would dig, and he would put in that piece into, the- into that place. And this is what Yirmiya was mekainein al Yashiyahu tishtapeichna avnei kaidish that the precious gems are scattered all over the streets of Yerushalayim. It's referring to the gems, refers to the pieces of Yashiyahu's body that Yirmiya buried. Each one in its place. I mean, if we would close our eyes and to imagine the Navi saying this keen of Ayyukainin Yumyo al Yeshio as the Navi was crying and, and, and running around Yushalayim, running around that, that place, taking these pieces of Yeshio and burying them, this is the kina of Yukainin Yumyo al Yeshio. But what's interesting here in this Rashi in the Madrash is that there's a separate kina for each revius of blood. There's a separate kina. We understand this. A hesped is a kina over a person who was killed, but that he made a separate kina for each individual revius dam, for each piece of Yeshua, for each revius dam. He made a separate kina. What does that mean? So says in the, in the Medrash, the Medrash Yerashirim, Mayim Rabbim Mayim Rabbim And the Pesach in Shishim that all the waters of the world Mayim Rabbim will not be able to extinguish the love and even rivers will not be able to wash away the love If a person would give all of the money of the world all the money that he has to pay for this love they would mock him and make fun of him. Get out of here! It's not worth it. Nothing could pay for this love. So listen to what it says in the Medrash Shir Shir. What's this talking about? Ma'im Rabbim, Naharisli Shtefuha. All the rivers can't wash it away. All the waters can't can't extinguish. And 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 all the money that you pay will not be able to buy this to to this love. So the Medrash says in Paiskin, Kol Umais Ha'Elam Kol Aitzvah 
Now I'll tell you when I, I was thinking about this, my parents, they should live and be well. My parents came to visit us last week in the mountains. And, and one of the topics that comes up in, I think, every conversation with my mother is, is, is what's going on with the checks from the Germans, Yom Anybody who's a child of survivors knows that this is something that was part of the growing up. And I remember from being a, a baby that it was always a discussion. How come, how come this friend got $20 more this month? There's no way to know exactly how much to get and when you get. And was, uh, the, what are called reparations from the Germans, So my mother was over the screen. She told me about her most recent check. And she said, this is what I got from the Yemachshim and the and then she said, and, and, and she said, how come a friend from New Jersey got, got another $30? She doesn't understand. This is always, this is part of the discussion. And then, and she was saying that she had to go to somebody in Borough Park, and the bar person in Borough Park has to file and to reevaluate, and that the, and that the person fell asleep while they were doing it, and that's the lady, and, and she's upset, my mother, you know, the, she's not getting the money. And it's not that she needed the money. So it says in the Medrashim, Listen, if all of the treasuries of the world would be opened, not only of the Third Reich and, and, and Switzerland, the Swiss banks, big tzaddikim in Switzerland, if the Medrash says, if all of the nations of the world would open up, all of their would open up completely their oysters, their, their, their treasuries. I'm not talking about six million. If they would give all the oysters of all the umas they would open up to give what for Rabbi Akiva v'chaverev. For, for the Asar Harugim Malchus, Rabbi Akiva v'chaverev. It would not be kapara for the goyim if they would open up all the treasuries forever and ever. It wouldn't bring any kapara for the goyim. For Rabbi Akiva v'chaverev, it wouldn't bring a kapara. Even for Rabbi Akiva v'chaverev. So the goyim think that they're going to be able to wash the blood from the streets of Oshpitzin of Auschwitz and to wash the blood from the streets of Vienna and Berlin and Budapest they're going to wash the streets and the Chaveim the French who are such from that they should be paying reparations they wouldn't even be masking I was reading a few weeks ago I was reading an article about what the French were doing during the war Ooh, the sophisticated French with their fancy food and all their wines and their poetry and their songs the French had concentration camps in Morocco they sent Jews from France to Morocco you know they had concentration camps where they had Arabs together with French and Ukrainians were beating and killing Jews far away from the press in Morocco because the French are very sophisticated they don't want to get Paris dirty all of the waters can't wash away, can't clean the streets of Berlin and of Paris. So 
the Goyim think they're going to pay reparations for the murder of Yeshio, for the murder of Yeshio, and for the murder of Rabbi Akiva Vachaverov, and for the murder of what? Of Bonim Hamirim Kavonim Taivais, of all of of all Jewish children, of all Jews who are called Avonim Taivais, Tishtapechna Avne Kaidis, precious gems and stones. So the Goyim think they're going to pay reparations. And there are now discussions in the world that they're tired of paying reparations. Now, this is a subject of huge debate in Germany. I'm sure you all know this. The vast majority of the population of Germany believes that they have long ago been put from paying, that they, don't, that they shouldn't be paying any more reparations. At the beginning, when they started paying reparations, you might recall there was a machlokis in Israel, and among other Jewish, and among Jews, different Jewish leaders, if you remember, Nachman Begin was Yehard Lyav, and not to take a penny from them. There were other Jews who felt yes, others felt no. But one thing, the Goyim now, to a large extent, the Goyim believed that they'd already paid for the six million. As if it's just six million. And the Medrash says, the Medrash says that there's, that Mayim Rabbim, La Yuchil Lechabas Asahava, Unna Horus Leishtafur, In Niftachu, In Paisim Kal Ulmasalim, Kal Aitzur Shalahem, The Naisim Kal Mamim B'Demeim Shabi Akiva Chaveirav, Ein Miskapalahem La Oilam. They can't bring any kapara. That's what Shlomo Hamelach meant when he said, "Ma'im Rab Luchel Lechabes is Ahava." So here we can understand what it says in the Menush that we started with: that for every Yerviyasdam, for every single pint of blood, whatever that means, for every drop of blood, for every piece of a Jew on a tree, someplace in Yerushalayim or wherever else it's been, are Jews that were burned beyond recognition. For every single drop of blood, there's there's a separate kina that Yirmiyahu Navi cried. Because we don't understand who Rabbi Kiva was. Do we understand who Yoshiyahu Melech was? We don't understand even what a simple Jew, what's a yid, what's a simple yid, we don't understand. Every single tip is done. I saw this in the writings of Ramda Bali Musa from the last generation, a big Jew in the Vadaka. He said this. Zaychik wrote that if we could put under a microscope, under some sort of, if there would be a spiritual microscope, some microscope that shows the pnimius, not that just show, not not just a microscope that that shows that shows the you know the the the, uh, the cells, but if we could if we could have a microscope that would that would show the ruchnius, the content, the ruchnius, the content. And a drop of Jewish blood, a drop of Rabbi Kiva's blood, but not Masik, a drop of Yeshua Melech's blood under a microscope. Un- unbelievable secrets. What every single word of Rabbi Kiva and every single Jew, that we never, what, did, what didn't we hear from Rabbi Kiva? We don't know what we, we, there, there are a trillion, trillion things we didn't hear from Rabbi Kiva. And what about a regular Jew? So when we come, when a regular Jew dies, a regular Jew, you know, I always tell you what, what the Kotsky said about Stamayid. When somebody said, the Kotsky asked somebody, who's that Yid over there? And the Chosid says, Stamayid. So the Kotsky said, Stam is by me. I see a safe turret full of Every yid is like a sefer Torah till mezuzah. Until you open up, what's inside the mezuzah? What's inside the sefer Torah? Do we know? So you come to a levaya lo'aleinu, and somebody gets up and says that you know he gave he gave a lot of money and he did this he did that he did, he loved in shul he was a good guy he loved his grandchildren you come to a woman's levaya so they say that she 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 made the best the best kakos the best strudel you know and she was a big tzaddik and so she said to him while she was baking and all this stuff. We have any hasagot? It means a Jew. 
kol revi is dam. That's what Rashi says in the Medrash. On every single drop of blood, there's soydis mamish in a year. That, that Yumiyo was a novi, he understood what every drop of, of Yoshio meant. He saw inside, he had that microscope. That Yumiyo was able to see, Yumiyo Hanovi was able to see inside of Rabbi Kiva the Talmidim, his love for each Talmud, 24,000 Talmidim. Somebody wrote an article, there's the, somebody that showed me, I have to tell you, I was very upset. Somebody showed me a front person wrote in one of the newspapers, like a newsletter. A rabbi wrote, Something like, do you think that Rabbi Kiva actually knew his 24,000 students? And there was somebody that wrote a thing that, that, that maybe Rabbi Kiva should learn a lesson from, from what happened during Sirius Ayyubah, that Rabbi Kiva would, on a path to say, I read this, and Yeshiva put out a newsletter, that Rabbi Kiva would learn that he has to give more attention to his students. I was tempted to call him up, but then I you know he's a nice person, he meant well. And I, 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 I didn't in the end call him up to ask, how do you say, Rabbi Kiva? That if Rabbi Kiva would have, been, would have known his students better, what do you have on Rabbi Kiva? Because you're not able to know three of your students properly, so you think Rabbi Kiva couldn't understand 24,000 students? Rabbi Kiva knew, not only did he know 24,000 students intimately, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, every review is done of Rabbi Kiva. There were the students that we never even heard about, that we don't know about. We don't even know who these people are. You think there were only 24,000? What about the people that Rabbi Kiva met in the street? Do we know how many lives Rabbi Kiva changed? But when we read something about the Chavaz Chaim, a couple of volumes, a couple of books about the Chavaz Chaim, we read a few books about the Emeritus, we read a few books about the Chavaz about Sadiq, about Rav Maisha. There's a book in Rav Maisha they put out from Moscow like 20 years ago, whatever it was, a, a, a beautiful book, a nice little book, but it's 250 pages of Rav Maisha Feinstein. It's almost, it's almost absurd to have a book called Rav Maisha with 200 pages. I'll call Rav is done. So we saw a couple of times, they saw the Chavaz Chaim, they found out the Chavaz Chaim was the one that was shoveling the snow, right? The famous Maisha Chavaz Chaim was shoveling the snow in the morning. That's when we found out that the Chavaz Chaim shoveled the snow. I mean, a billion things the Chavaz Chaim did. Who, very, very, who knows? And it's not just the Chavaz Chaim, it's in every Yid. And every single Jew. A Kol Revi is done. And every single Revi is done. Yemiel was saying a Kina. Because he understood the Navi saw with every single drop of Jewish blood the secrets that we don't see in a person. That we don't see. <clears throat> And I was thinking of a raya for this, and I'm sorry for taking time. We'll finish in a minute. I'm just this tire. There's a, there's a there was a medrash that I that I saw when it was when we were in Reish, in, in, in Sefer Shmais, There was a medrash that I saw. And I was thinking, I this what kind of amazing thing. I have to talk to the Ayum about this. If Chasshashon will be a Tishabav again, we'll talk about it. And unfortunately, here we are. By the by the marker in Israel in Egypt, by the marker of the Borod, of the hail, whatever that was. So by that marker, Moshe Rabbeinu Davin, it says, Vayachdulakilas Vahabard Umatar Linitach Artsa. It says in Pasik, the Moshe Rabbeinu Davin and the and the noise stopped and the the, the, uh, the Borod and the, the pouring hailstones and the and the rain, whatever it was. It said, Nitach Arza. Nitach Arza means it did not reach the earth. You hear this? It didn't say, it, said, it, did not, it says the, the, the noise stopped. But the hailstones and the pouring rain and hailstones, it says, Nitach Arza, it didn't reach the earth. Chazal say in this Pasuk, on the Pasuk, it says, Nitach Arza. It says what? It doesn't mean that it went away. It didn't reach the earth. 
it says in the it says in the Medrash that Hashem Baruch kept those hailstones, those fiery hailstones hanging. They're still there, hanging. He didn't let them reach the earth. They're hanging someplace in the atmosphere. And what happened to them? So the Medrash says, When did these hailstones, when did some of them come down? In the days of Yehoshua, with the fight with the Emoirim. As it's written, Hashem cast upon the Emoirim big stones from Shemayim. In case you were worried if the Bani ran out of stones. In case we thought that maybe he ran out. It says that they're going to, the rest of them are going to come down in the days of Goy That's what it says in the Medjus. So think about it. The Bani doesn't have enough of an arsenal in Shemayim. That he has to leave. What does he mean? The Bani can't make new Barad. By by Yeshua, he can't make new borrowed for the for the for the for Arafat and the Chaveira. He can't make he can't make new weapons to destroy weapons of mass destruction to take care of our enemies. That what that he has to be toilet. He has to hang to suspend in heaven what the borrowed from Yeshua Beinus. The, from from Israel, he hangs that in Shemai, and he's also and in the, and he already gave a little bit of a of, of a down payment of a deposit, and the rest of it is going to be at the end of time. So why can't the Barishal make something new? Why does he have to use? Why does he have to use these the the, the Shirayim from Israel? So it says in the Sfarim a Meridic thing. The Son of Nation say, where did, where did these, where did the hailstones come from originally? Where did they come from? What's the origin of these hailstones in Mitzrayim? Where did they come from? So it says in the Son, they bring the Medrash also. It comes from Midimaiseim Shei Yisrael. They began as Jewish tears when Jews were crying, working in the slave pits of Egypt and being beaten and their children being killed. Those tears of Anoshim, the Noshim, the Taf, of men and women and children who suffered through Egypt, through Mitzrayim, it says in Sfarim, from Chazal, that every single Dema, listen, every single Dema, every, every Jewish tear during the Shibu, the slavery of Mitzrayim, would be transformed into an Evan Noikemes, into a vengeful piece of barad, a stone with fire in it and every single crest of a Jew carrying stones to build pyramids and crests over a father or a kid dying, every single anachah would become the kolos and the broken of the barad, the, the, the thunderous noise of the barad falling this is the source and the origin of the hailstones of Misraim. So the question is, why didn't the Rabbi Shalom, why doesn't he just send some new weapons and destroy our enemies? Because the Rabbi Shalom is telling us, if you think that any any single Jewish tear, a revius of Jewish blood, if you think that one drop of Jewish blood, one Jewish tear, 
that was spilled over the centuries is that it's stam lost, it's absorbed someplace in the in the filthy soil of Munich and Berlin, in the filthy soil of Warsaw and Krakow. If you think that there's a drop of blood that's lost or a Jewish tear that was lost in the shrine, it says it's suspended in Shemaim. I changed every drop of Jewish blood, Hashem says, into a hailstone. Well, maybe now it's a grenade, an atom bomb, whatever. Good stuff. The Baisalm changed every single Jewish tear and drop of Jewish blood into what? Into a weapon that at the end of time he's going to throw upon all of our all of our enemies. <clears throat> I mentioned I think last year, I don't remember. That when they came when when they came the Americans came into Buchenwald. And I have to tell you an interesting thing, I don't know if I told the Khavi here. When I was, I was the, before the summer, I went to speak on the West Coast. I, I have a lot of friends I met over there in Seattle and, and, and Phoenix and all these places, and I, and I go talk to them. And I, I was coming back. I was in Seattle, and it was, I think they call that the Red Eye. You know that flight. So I was getting ready. You know, it, was a, it, was, it was a big island there, and I was the only Jew. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to being with you. So I was the only Jew there. And I don't know how they recognized that I was Jewish. <laughs> Somebody, there was a guy came over to me, you know, an, uh, an older guy, you know, an old guy came over. And I was thinking, oh, okay. you know, I saw like he wanted to have a talk, you know, he had, he had that look. And I, and I was first, I was very tired. I was the whole week, I was getting schmoozed, and I was, I had a safe, and I just wanted to, you know, a little bit to relax. And this guy came over, <clears throat> and he says uh, the famous words. Are you a rabbi? <laughs> so I said, I'm a Jew. So he said, you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? I said, I don't have a seat. <laughs> so he's from Baton Rouge, uh, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, yeah, Louisiana. Okay. So he tells me he's a uh, Baton Rouge. I said, I don't have any friends over there. So what do you what, what do you do in Baton? He's a barber. He's the barber of Baton Rouge. <laughs> That's what he does. And he wanted. He starts to ask me questions about. Starts to ask me questions about about uh, Tanakh, things like this. I have a, a lot of Akmas Nefesh. Years ago, thirty years ago, I used to talk to me. I didn't like talking about this stuff anymore. And he was talking to me. And he's going. He asked me questions. So Pella, I said to the family when I came back. He said to me, uh, you know, do you believe? Do you believe that he that, that he was Messiah? So I said, um, well. You know, ever since ever since he came to the world, it's gotten a lot worse. You know, because he was telling me how how the Jews have been hurt so badly, and he feels bad for Jews. And I said, well, because of him, you know, lots of Jews have been killed, and it's gotten very bad. So uh, I thought that I said I thought that you know when Messiah comes, it was supposed to get good. So he says to me, I never thought of that. And then he says this. Now I didn't want to talk to him anymore, really. He's going to soak him and Yishai, you know, the whole thing. I, I don't know. It's like it's a girl not for me. But then he said this to me. He said, Rabbi, can I tell you something? He said, <clears throat> I was a soldier. I was, a, I was there at the liberation of Buchenwald. So I said, what? I mean, now I want to hear what he has to say. He says, I was an American soldier. And I was there at Buchenwald. And I'll tell you something. He said that I, um, when I came there, he said, and this sounds like, like the Gemara talks about, about Harugia Besa. He said, when I got the Buchenwald, I saw Jewish bodies like walls piled up. 
he said, now look, Rabbi, he says, I don't know anything about Jews or anything about Judaism, but I want to tell you this. He said, for the last 50 years, in my community, there are a lot of anti-Semites. There are a lot of anti-Semites. People talk about Jews, even though we only have a couple in our neighborhood. He said he's got one reformed Jew that comes to get a haircut, a reformed rabbi that doesn't believe in the Bible, but came from God. He said, do you believe in the Bible? I said, yeah, I believe that. He said, the rabbi, the only other rabbi he knows doesn't believe in the Bible. He said, I thought that was odd. How come a rabbi doesn't believe in the Bible? So he said, there aren't too many Jews, but I'll tell you this. He says, for the last 50 years, I volunteer. I go to all the different high schools in, in, in our area in Louisiana. I go around and I, and I give them a lecture about the Holocaust here. Because I saw with my own eyes what they did to the Jews. And nobody's going to tell me that they didn't murder Jews. I, I saw with my own eyes. So then we, the plane was like, and we spoke for like an hour, and Ramesh became like, he invited me to come, he wanted me to come speak in his church. And he had this in Louisiana. I said, I said, he said, I first invite you to come speak in my synagogue before you're going to get me. I said, I ain't going down there. But he was he was at the liberation of Buchenwald. And when the Americans liberated Buchenwald, when they came there, I think I mentioned this to you in Kippur time, when they came to Buchenwald, they found they found that there was a one of the ways that they punished Jews, they used to take they used to take Jews that they misbehaved them, I guess whatever that meant to misbehave. And they would put them in this horrible like it wasn't a cell, it was like a thing, like a torture chamber, a tiny little thing for two weeks or whatever. Most of them died, some of them came out. And they found over there, the Americans came, and they opened up the whole place. They found, I, I saw this, it was written from Rabbi Yisrael Meir Lau, you know, the former chief rabbi, who was also, was liberated from Buchanan. They found there on the wall, there was a yid that was locked up in this thing, and he, he somehow, he pinched himself, he cut himself, and I don't know how he was able to get a revier's dam out of that body. And he wrote on the wall in blood, Nekama. They found it that he wrote Nekama, revenge, with blood on the wall in Buchenwald. That was the last revier's dam probably of that yid. Hashem is Baruch, Hashem is Baruch should take Nekama. Ikoin dam avadach hashafach. And every single drop of Jewish blood. The Vayikoinim Yirmi Al Yoshia is not only the is not only Yirmi Anavis Kina, it's the Kina of all those Jewish children that were killed and what they could have been on every drop of blood that had so much promise. There's so much potential in every drop of blood. And every review is done. Hashem's Baruch will take the common and we'll be Zwechim as we to see it that time in our eyes that we shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to be woken up from the dead, we should get this to see it as tell us happened in Bulashlam. Vayikoinim Yirmi Yoval Yeshio I mean, the kina here is, of course, pacha. Uh, the kina about women having to eat the flesh of their own children, and children having to eat the flesh of their parents. The, the death of the death of children and the breaking up of families, parents. That's what this entire kina is, is about. Children who are who are pampered, children who are spoiled, and who lived beautiful, easy lives and then suddenly suddenly were thrown into in, into the Chorban 
I want to use this as a time to talk about the very, very important Indian which we read from the Navi before <clears throat> that mothers that death has crept into our palaces and through our windows we're going to learn something now for a few minutes the Chayodim the Chayodim and other parties can bring the view of the Urayim that the mitzvah of Megidoshi Tiro, the mitzvah of of treating the Beis HaMikdash with great reverence and fear but that mitzvah according to the Urayim according to the Urayim that mitzvah is a deraisa it's my heges mi deraisa bizman it's my heges it's a din deraisa bizman in every Beis HaKnesses and every Beis HaMedrash the Urayim and their other Yishanam hold this way as well the Aramic holds that since we know that every single Beis is every shul, and every Bismedrish is a Mo'ayin L'Shechina, is a dwelling place of the Shechina. And as we spoke about last night, in every Beis every, every shul is a Migdash Ma'ab, has, has something of a Metzius of a Beis It's a Shtikl Beis HaMikdash, it's a Shtikl Menuchi L'Shechinta B'Galusa, it's a little bit of a of a stopover, of a resting place for the Shechina in Golis. Every shul is a is a place where the Baruch Shalom, the Shechina Kivyochel is in Golis, and the Shechina is running all over the world, and crazy, crazy things are going on. And then the Baruch Shalom sees that there's a shul, and the Baruch Shalom stops the Shechina, not the Baruch Shalom himself. The Shechina stops off in that shul and says, Ah, a little bit manucha. I'm coming. I'm coming. Here's a place for me to stay. A holy. That's the king that we read a few minutes ago. That Hashem. Hashem compares the Shechina in Golis like a tent that's put up and taken down, put up and taken down, jumping like a bird from one rooftop to another. That's how the Shechina goes. And when the Shechina comes to a place in Golis where there's a where there's a little bit, a little bit of the Besamekdash left, it means it comes to a shul. Jews get together, they put up a shul. You have a minion, and the Shechina stops over there, and it's a place for the Shechina to go. It's a place for the Shechina to come to. And in Halacha, as I said, the Yerayim holds it's their rights. The din of Migdoshi Teroz, the Raisa in Shul. In Batiknesis and Bat Midrash is Bismanein. There was a Maisa from Rabitzel of Velozhna, the son of Rabchaim Velozhna. Rabitzel had to be in, in Petterburg, in St. Petersburg. It's a famous thing that the whole. That whole there was a whole meeting there that took place with. Rabbisal Petterberger was there and Tzamach Tzedek it was um, that's when a lot of the Machlaikas within the Chassidim and the Snagim stopped <coughs> ended you know, when, when Rabbisal was in was in um, when Rabbisal from Velozhin was in Petterberg that time he was walking back from one of these late meetings that he had and he went late at night and there was uh, and he was going through a, there was a big big empty field and it was a shortcut that the that the, that the was taking to go back to his hotel. And he heard s- crying, screaming, somebody, "Vaila, vaila l'shchinte de il begalusa, vaila l'shchinte de begalusa." He heard screaming, "Oy, oy, vei for the shchina that she's in galus, the shchina's in galus." 
and the Bishra thought that he was that there was something that there were it was an empty place in the middle of the night that there were you know kaiches of shadim he didn't know what it was and he was very frightened and he saw that there was a Jewish soldier a Jew in a Russian uh, in a Russian uniform there are many of these Jews that you know that were taken away when they were they were very very young and they they were away all for, for, for the whole lives twenty five years was in consignment they went. And he found this soldier, and he went over to the soldier, and he saw that the soldier, this Jewish soldier, was saying Tikkun Chasayis over there. He was saying Tikkun Chasayis in that empty field at night. And Rebitzel sat with him over there and sat together with him, and he was crying a lot with the soldier. And it's brought down that Rebitzel, when he finished, he felt a tremendous Hashorah Hashchina in that place. He felt a Shechina in that place. And he took the soldier and the two of them in the middle of the night they were in St. Petersburg did a rika, they did a dance. And it says that within a short time, some time later, that a shul was built in that place. In that lot. That Jews put up a shul. They didn't know about it, but it happened. It happened. That, 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 that soldier, Vitzla Petersburg, Vitzla Velozhna, felt the presence in a very strong way that the Shekhinah was looking for a place over here. In the middle of St. Petersburg. Was looking for a place to stay. And there was obviously there was something going on there, and then the, 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 the tzaddik and that soldier, they're crying. Was Meyer this Indian to, to, to make it to build a to build a Besa, over there in that place? Some in the drushes. If you don't believe me, look in the drushes on page Shin Tes, because what I'm going to read to you now from the some I've paraphrased many times over the years in Shul, but I never really read to you this sentence. So if you don't believe me that there could be such a sentence in the writings of the Chassam Saifas, it's a patient test in the Drashas. And make sure that they're friends of yours and other people that you know they, that they hear this Chassam Saifas. Or show it to them, photostat it. You go to shuls nowadays, there's so much Narish guy placed it all over the walls, you know, about getting your toenails manicured by some Shammah Shabbos manicures or something. Put this on the walls of the shuls, this Chassam Saifas. You can leave the thumbnails there too, but put this in a, in a place in the shul. Hine kol Shabbos bas amim eretz merchakim. Chassam Sif writes. He's he's paraphrasing from Eicha and from the, and from the Navi from Yirmiyah that we read in Haftarah. The sound of the scream of my people is coming from a distant place. Ha Hashem ein b'tzion imelka ein ba. Does God is, is Hashem no longer in 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 Yerushalayim if the, if the king is not there? Why have they angered me? Hashem says with their with their images with their idols. And Chassam said he writes the following: That the Rosh Shalom with his great compassion and his great love has left for us a small base of Mikdash, base of Knesses Shuls and yeshivas, about the midrash. If we treat these places, our shuls and our bas if we treat them in the way of holiness, then we know that in the future they will be relocated in Israel. And even now, the Chassam Sefer writes, every shul of this measure has, has in it something of the Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. 
that Philus Nishtal and from the shul and from the Bismedrish, the Tfilos rise up to Hashem. Some services, but if, God forbid, we treat the shuls in a way of Bizoyan, in a disgraceful way, and we talk, the we talk in shul. The vapor, the breath of those words that are spoken in the shul, not the words of Davin, the other words, that breath, that air is Tameh. And the Sar, the Malach of Chutzlaras, of Chutzlaras, is Mislabish, becomes enclosed in that in that breath v'hu gam hu nasa bal habayis bebeis haknesis rachman luslan and the sar shal chutzlaretz instead of kiryocha the shechina the sar shal chutzlaretz becomes the bal habayis of that shul these are words of the chsam soifer umekabel hatfilis and all the davening goes to the sar shal chutzlaretz umachnisim alachitzaynim and the Sarshal Chutzlaris takes all of the words of davening in between the conversations about the barbecue on Sunday and, and then what do you think about the Yankees and the, you know, my, and then the more Hoshiva conversations about I can't stand my kids' rabbi and so on and so forth. All of those conversations are taken by the Sarshal Chutzlaris and he takes, I mean, not the conversation, all of the tefillahs in that shul, the davening that takes place in between the speaking, the davening, all of that davening goes into the hands of the Sashal Chutzlaris, Umachnisam Elachitzaynim. And the Sashal Chutzlaris brings those tefillahs, not to Hashem, he brings the tefillahs to the Chitzaynim to the other side, to the Malachamavis. And the person who thought he was davening is really worshipping an idol. He's davening to an Avadazar, not to Hashem. Anybody have questions about his credentials? But some type of credentials. Rabbi Schreiber, how could you say such things? Right? If I would get up and say this, they already have no little shul's neighborhood, they already put a cult carriers against Weinberg. This is the Chassam Seifer says this. What's the shot? It's marvelous around. If you look at Taisus and Megillah, and the Chorkes on the base, So that the Taisus there is discussing the Gemara. The Gemara there is the Sugi of the Kedushas Beis Haknesis, and the Gemara there says, "But the Knesias should be bavel al Tanai Hena Sugi." In Vafafichin, a Noigeman Kalas Reish. The Gemara there says that the shuls, even though the shuls in Bavel Chutzlaretz are made the Tanai, the condition that they can use for other things, Vafafichin, a Noigeman Kalas Reish. Still, even though that permits us to do certain things in Shul, but we're not allowed to be Noigeman Kalas Reish. We're not allowed to be lightheaded. In Shul. Ain't like in the Kalasesh, whom I knew. So Gemara asks, What do you mean by Kalasesh? So Gemara says, Cheshbainis. Cheshbainis, Cheshbainis means, an example, the example that the Gemara gives of Kalasesh is Cheshbainis. It means figuring out Cheshbainis, you know, figuring out your, your budget. Making Cheshbainis, adding numbers up in Shul. Cheshbainis. 
talking about your stocks and so on, and how much money you have, figuring out numbers. Taisus over there explains. Taisus says, the Isra Lashmina, that the Gemara tells us, my new Cheshbainus, why? The Salkadaitis says, we might have thought that what? That really only eating and drinking and speaking and so on, that that's Kalis Rosh B'yoyser. I might have thought that maybe only the only problem is when you're talking about something which is real heavy duty colors, right? Like eating and drinking in shul or talking in shul. I might have thought that who does? I might have thought that that's the only thing that's also. But maybe cheshbonis is mutter. Maybe to make out some cheshbonis in the ledger to figure out some cheshbonis. Maybe that's mutter. I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about it. That's not a colors, right? It's a very serious matter, especially if I'm losing money, right? So I Tysus explains I might have thought that what that maybe that maybe that's mutter so Kamashmon the Gemara tells us my new Cheshbainis even Cheshbainis <coughs> certainly eating and drinking and talking but the Gemara says even Cheshbainis is called Kalus Rosh even working at your Cheshbainis in Shul that's called Kalus Rosh and that's the Dinah Shulchanar and Kufnan Aleph the beginning of Kufnan Aleph but the Knesset about the Midrash is Einoigim and Kalus Rosh the Shulchanar Paskins that in shuls you're not allowed to be noy kalus rosh. Kedgain, for instance, choik, joking around. Vehitl, making fun, nairishkeit, v'sicha b'tayla, shmuzin, in shul. Sicha b'tayla. And oichlan v'shaisen b'hamina, to eat and to drink. And then, v'hem achashem v'hem chashbainis, you're not allowed to figure out your chashbainis. Elohim kain, hem shal mitzvah. The only the only cheshbonis you're allowed to figure out in, in the shul are the cheshbonis, let's say, that fits the doctor to add up the money fits the or that you have to go free a Jew from prison and you're adding up the money and so on. That you could figure out cheshbonis, but cheshbonis, personal cheshbonis that are not for a mitzvah, Shulchan says you can't you can't uh, have in shul, you can't do in shul. The Magen Avraham brings over there. Magen Avraham brings, which I've mentioned many times in shul, from the smack, from the smack was one of the kadmonim. These is the words of the Magen Avraham, and because of this sin of Kalus Rosh in Shul, of talking and joking around in Shul, because of this sin, the Magen Avraham writes, Shuls become eventually; these shuls become eventually churches, or places of idolatry. They become places of idol worship. We don't have to have a class trip right now, but if you go after Kinnis, just take a ride down Eastern Parkway, for example. Until you get them, it's saying before 7, Seti Road, 7, Seti there's a, a use of our brothers and sisters. But go down, those Jews who are a little bit, who are over 50, over, over 40 over here, remember Crown Heights when it wasn't the way it is now. And again, I'm not talking about what the Yidin are, I'm talking about it used to be filled with Jews and filled with Batiknesias, shuls, filled with shuls. Some of them still have, the churches still have the Mogadavids on top. There's a Kabbalah from the Smak that in a shul where there's a lot of talking, that the shuls eventually become places of Avadazar. From the Chassam Sofi, you understand that with the talking that takes place in the shul, all of that is a unique that the Sitrach on the other side, the side of Tuma, the Sarah Kutzlars, takes from those Tfilas, takes from those Tfilas, and those Tfilas are not sent up to, to the Bainshon, they don't make a stop over by Heaven and go up to Yerushalayim and then go to they, they go instead, God forbid, to the other side and all those tefillahs after a long time with us talking in a shul all of those tefillahs eventually that have been given over to, to Avadazar, the tefillahs don't go to Hashem the Chassam Sefer says 
The tefillahs don't go to Hashem in the shul. There's a lot of talking. Doesn't mean when there's one person there's means when there's a when there's a call in the shul of talking. The tefillahs don't go to Hashem. It's better to daven at home because the tefillahs go to the sitrachot of Hashem, and eventually the, that, that shul becomes a church. It's just from the smack. Now the Gemara says more than that. The Gemara says, and, and, and um, it, it's it's painful to, to share this with you, but since the Teresh is open to everybody, and everybody learns, and we all know what it says in the Gemara, maybe try to find out what it says in the Gemara, and, and this kina that we're about to start is connected to this as well. The Gemara goes on and says over there in Megillah, the basic Knesset Shemachash Mechashbonis Melinim Bayes Hameis. Now we're not allowed to say these things, but Chazal say. The Gemara says that in the shul, where Mechash Mechashbonis, where people are working out their finances, even without talking, they're adding up their money in shul. Now remember, Taisvis taught us that Cheshbonis is, is, is what? Is a Kalus Raish Kalu. It's, it's, it's the least. Serious. It's the least problematic of all levels of kalas rush. Talking and other things is much worse. There are people that you go to shul that stand around chewing gum and shul. I see my own eyes. Jews chewing gum and shul. A pachad, a pachad. To stand, to stand in shul chewing gum. You have bad breath. You have, you, you want to smoke. So go, go chew gum in the street. Or don't go, go walk to the shul to chew gum and shul. It's a pachad. Cheshbonis was the easiest of all Kalas Raish, and the Gemara says, "Beis Aknesis Shemachash by Cheshbonis Malilin by Yisameis." So the Gemara there says, "El Asayif Shilu by Meis Mitzvah." Something that Jews are buried in that city. It says that in the end they're going to bury Meis Mitzvah over there. Rashi explains, "Shemusa be a Meisim Shein Lahan Kaven." Then in the city where shuls are not treated properly, where there's Cheshbonis in the shul, forget about talking. In that city, there are going to be people who are going to be there are going to be many Jews who are buried in that city, in the city of that shul where there's a lot where there's talking going on, where there's kalas or the cheshbonos. Now listen, again, we're not allowed to talk about things that we don't, but only if it's taught us from, from Chazal. Chazal said this to us. The Torah brings down in the day Shinai and Vav. There's a minig that everybody is careful with, you know. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing? One of the one of the my son my son said to me we were talking about this last week that that um, that he heard I don't know who you're from Rosh Hashiva or some other girl that said that if the if the shulchan was just minhagim then everybody would keep it you know <laughs> you see how people are most nervous on minhag like if it's a minute you have a guy that, that he'll miss milk because he didn't have his garter or something. So like at a minute, people are nice and nefesh. Like, like, you know, God forbid, if, 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 if the wife didn't remember to bring out Kreplach on the Shanarab, you know, he's ready to take it to Besnick. <laughs> but he doesn't go to shul in the morning, you know, but uh, my Kreplach, my Kreplach. <laughs> so, I'm not going to talk about but, you know. So the tour brings over there in your day, and the tour brings, and he'll survey this. The Torah brings the Shalai involved the minute that when, that when you leave the cemetery before you come to the house, you should wash your hands. And I've seen, I see, you can see Jews who, you can see Jews who, in many other things, are either their rice and their abundance left their right, Hashem Yerachim, but on this Indian of washing hands before they come to the house, I don't want to say it's Behari Valyav, it would be counterproductive, but it's, but they wash their hands on this Indian, they wouldn't go into the house. 
Somebody will be standing there at tank top and shorts, but she'll wash her hands. And she should. It's a minute. The fact that she's not dressed properly, she has to work on that. Like she'll always have to work on all of our yana. But she's nice and average on the minute. Listen, on this, the Beis Yosef brings the Kalbari. The Kalbari brings the minute that when you leave the cemetery, you take some of the grass and you throw it over your shoulder, right? And then it says, there's a Beisayetzer brings the Kalbari Shinaiva. Then the minute is to wash the hands. The Oymrim, now this is interesting, this we never saw. That you say something, you just wash your hands. The, 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 the cowboy says that there's, that there's, a, there's something you say also. What do you say? Our hands are not guilty for spilling the blood of this Jew that we just buried. Kaper la amcha Yisrael. The whole musach there of what? Where's that from? Rabbi Say. Egla Rufa. They say they bring the cold, but we say that when you wa- when you wash your hands, what the reason for washing the hands is that we wash your hands to say Ya Daniel Shabkos Adam is a kaful amcha Yisrael. Rabbi Yisrael, forgive the Jewish people. Should be kapar. We did, we're not guilty for this person's death. It's all you That means that somehow. There is a havamina, kasal kedai dechamina. There's a havamina, the what? That this yid that we're burying, that we that we somehow have to do with his death. Now over there, in the parish of Eglarufa, the Ibn Ezra writes, "What's this inyan of Yedani Loshavku and Yedani Loro?" You know, what's the so there the Ibn Ezra says, "V'yitachayin." Shashem Siva Lasas Kain Hayirakaifa. The Ibn Ezra says it could be that the reason that the Bershalom said that the Jews from the closer city, where the corpse was found, the Jew to the closer city should say the Jews should say this Nusuf. Why? Kilulay Shaosu Averikadaimala. Because Ibn Ezra says, if they wouldn't have done an Avera Kadaimala, an Avera that carries with it that brings with it something that could cause death. Then it would not have happened that a person would have died close to this city. He doesn't usually write this way. And the thoughts of Hashem are so deep, it's beyond their understanding. So if you think about, let's put this all together. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit scary to put it together. From the Gemara and Megillah and Rashi that we learned and Taisvis and all that we've been learning right now comes out that even Miksas Kalus Raishin Ashul Cheshbainas Allah has Kama Vakama talking in Shul or joking around Narishkait in Shul chewing gum sucking lollipops I'm not talking about kids in Shul that we learned that what the Gemara says Befeir Shal Cheshbainas that Malinim by Mason, that in that city there are, there are going to be many burials. The Chabad Kaddish is going to be busy in that city. Ad Kedekach, that everybody in here knows, I'm sure you remember, that after the horrible Gzairus of Tachvetat that took place with the Bogdan Chamaniki Yemak Shemai in Poland and in Russia, where thousands and thousands of Jews were butchered by the Cossacks. That, that the Tzaddikim that the in that generation said that the Tam HaGolui was 
because of talking in shul. And the Taisvis Yontiv, Schusiagenu, and the Taisvis Yontiv, as you know, at that time composed the Mishabayrach. The Mishabayrach, the Jews who are careful not to talk in shul. It was, it was, it was a reaction to the Gezeres of Tachvetat. More recently, some of you might have heard that the Emirates Schusiagenu who said that even though we're no longer on a Madragi to talk this way, if you ask somebody, asked them why is it that as a result, after World War II, they asked the Imayamis, why is it, how could it be that so many Ashkenazim were killed and very few Svadim, Baruch Hashem, very few Svadim were killed, Baruch Hashem. There were Svadim in Italy and Greece and Turkey, there were Svadim that were killed, but comparatively, a tiny amount. So the Imayamis was quiet for a long time. He said, I'm afraid to say this, but we don't know the ways of Hashem. This time, Dach and Hashem. But if one would try to understand from, from what I've learned in, in Shas, it's one thing you see by the Svadim is that the Machabed Shul is Meridik. They have unbelievable cover for Shul, and they don't talk during davening. And by us, we can't say the same thing. The Gare Rebbe said, the Rebbe said this after the Muhammad. That means that only in a shul where there's no talking can they wash their hands after the funeral and say you can wash your hands because that's the minute but you can't keep what the base, what the base has to bring the name of the kalbah because if you're in a place where there's talking in shul you can't say that our hands are not responsible for spilling his blood and I think about this all the time what wouldn't the Jew do to save the life of another Jew and you can go screaming and crying about this and to send out this tape to all the shuls and all the rabbis and so on. Everybody screaming and crying that the Jews, and they should, the Jews are being killed in HSL, the Jews who are being beaten up in Paris and beaten up in, in, in Europe and in Belgium and so on. And he's talking to his friend during davening about the latest, the latest editorial in the New York Times, about what's going on with the Jews in Belgium. And, and regarding here, it says the Pharisees and the Gemara Malinim by Sameis Malinim by Sameis the Satmarav Shusegenu said we'll end with this and, I, and it hurts me to, to mention this but it, it needs to be said because Kinnis is not just to remember Kinnis has tried to repair what should I say this is, an, this is an Indian that we have to work on all the time to think about all the time and you can't say the Shiris Libi Eilech that you're diving in a place and the stam, what are you going to do? There's no, there's no way to stop it. There's no way to help it. There, there were, there were three Jews. There were a couple of wonderful Yidden friends of mine, a couple of Jews who felt broken about it and they wanted to start this shul almost 12 years ago, and that's how it started. And people have to dive in, 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 in a Bekavadika way to make sure that they're diving in a place or, or in a minion in the place somehow where we should be able to wash our hands and say the Satmarov said they said in many places for those Jews who did things to hold back Mashiach from coming when Melech Mashiach comes I'm reading to you from the Satmarov when Melech Mashiach is going to come the Yara boy, Mashiach is going to look at the Jewish people and he's going to point to different Jews and he's going to say Atem Geramtem Ikuf you were among those who caused the redemption from coming that held it back, that delayed the redemption saying you caused me horrible suffering and pain you caused me that horrible suffering and pain 
if these words would be heard and taken to heart the guys are saying uh, the guy comes into shul quarter to ten Chavz Shmuz with his friend Chavz Shmuzim a couple of other Shmuzim during landing in between landing they go to the Kiddush club the Klayaka wrote that if you ask me my opinion is that the reason that, that Mashiach hasn't come is because our Tfilas for Geula are being said in shuls with this talking and the Tfilas are not being accepted by Hashem and that's why Mashiach hasn't come these are Tanim Gluyim that I, I have read to you and I have spoken to you about that come from the Kadmonim. I didn't make up anything that I told you just now. And everything I can give you, my Makaimis, and you can check and you can look and you'll see it's all there. So Hashem should help us. If this is what happens, if Mashiach is going to point to Jews who are preventing him from coming and causing him pain, so that me, the type of Maruba, how much more so in a good way? that all of us who these last days before he comes are trying very very hard to uphold the Kedusha of the Shul and trying very very hard to be to daven in Shul and not to talk and do the right thing Allah has come of a kama that when Mashiach comes he's going to point to each and every one of those who are trying and he's going to try and he's going to say you were among those you were among those who helped me with my suffering you were among those who provided a place for the Shechinta B'Galusa, like Rabbi Yitzhak Velozhina, and like that lonely soldier in the field of Petaberg, Vaila the Shechinta B'Galusa. Let's think about that during Kenas, which is the time where we cry about the Chor Mishamikdash, of all the shuls and about the Medrashim that have been destroyed, not just by our enemies, Yemach Shemon. That we can't prevent, we don't know what to do about that. But shuls and about the Medrashim that we, with our own words and our own, and our own actions, have destroyed. That Hashem is Baruch. We should ask... We should be able to, we should ask him to captain of Amchi Israel that we should be able to say Yadengla Shachus Adam Hazer and that we shouldn't know from any what service and we should be able to be proud to be Mashiach Sakin in the right way. On page on page two thirty eight in Taichal Namash Imperial Maidul Lake